Welcome to another bonus episode of Escape This Podcast. This is not... If you're new to the show, hi, welcome. This isn't the episode for you. Sorry if you're new. This is your first episode. Go away. This is not what whoa. we do usually. Whoa, 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 No, whoa. I'm saying if this is the first episode, go a You're couple not going to get a good impression of what our show usually is by doing that. True. But before we come into a new season, maybe people want to warm up. The, well, look, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying... This is a show where usually we have guests on to play through escape rooms. That's not happening today. So if you're like, what's this cool escape room podcast all the buzz has been about? And then you come to this oh, episode yeah, yeah, and you think right. this is what we do. This isn't what we do. This is a bonus episode. We're not really, I don't know if we have a huge amount of a plan for this episode. It's just something for you to keep having episodes while we're on our break between seasons. We recently, when we were buying Christmas presents. So, you know, a month ago. A month ago. Also just sort of found in a secondhand bookstore a book that we bought for ourselves. It is, I don't even know, it's, I suppose the most similar thing this book is to something we've had before is when we've talked about doing puzzles from the Penguin Book of Puzzles. Yeah. A collection of like just brain teasers and puzzles and conundrums and That's exactly and... what this one pits itself as. It's called Enigma, the big book of brain teasers and games of logic. Now, the funny thing that I notice about this one, it is themed. It's got puzzles and hmm. all of the usual riddles and things like that, but they have heavily themed it to be... King Arthur-esque. I was going to say, I haven't looked through this book. I just saw it and I thought, hey, I should show this to Danny. I think she'll love it. It looks like it does have a sort of uh, medieval Yeah, look setting. at how pretty it's got, it is. It's, it's very fancy font. It looks like that old, you know, when you see monks, uh, you know, when you see monks and they're, and they're from the 1200s and they're copying out new books and they have those massive first letters that they draw little dragons in and things like that. That, you know, you know when that happens. That's what this book looks like. Yeah. Can I, I'll give you an example from page six. So it's called Love Potion, this riddle. And the L mm -hmm. is mega stylized. It's a big old L. It looks ribbony. It's got a person in it. And the puzzle is Merlin has to make a love potion for King Arthur. He has two pots, one that holds five liters, one that holds three liters, but he needs exactly four liters of oil of toad. <laughs> so put, How is he going to do it? So they put no effort into creating new puzzles. No, They've just taken the puzzles from everywhere maybe else. Maybe there are, again, this was just the first one that caught my eye as an example of theming your standard riddles. So we're going to talk about this book. We're going to maybe do some puzzles. Should I get like a pen and paper? Maybe that'll be useful. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm going to grab a pen and a paper. I don't know what we're in for. I'm going to grab precisely one pen and a lot of papers. But what they've done with the papers is they've, uh, they've sort of bound them all together into one large book of papers that I could write in or on, uh, which makes it a lot easier for me. So I'm going to grab those. I have returned. Okay. So, what is the plan? Are you going to just try and find me a puzzle and I'll try and solve it? I think that that's what we're going to have to do. Now, the first one that I found, they do have solutions in there. I have not looked at them. Okay. Which means that this first one that I have randomly turned to is really messing with my head, and I would like you to look at it. It's Ooh. page 47, Strange Equality. The question that it is asking is, in what historical era was this equation proved? And I would like you to take a look at it. Oh, that just seems like a history trivia question. The rest there is pictures. Oh, it's definitely not. No, 47. Okay. So that's it. That's the whole text. In what historical era was this equation proved? Now, the two pictures that I see mm. are a pumpkin, maybe as the being worn as a helmet by a person. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, it kind of looks like there's I shoulders beneath. 
Don't you think like oh, it's a man with a, with a pumpkin head, like I a jack-o'-lantern skeleton? I think it's just sitting on a little hill. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. So it's a little carved pumpkin jack-o'-lantern. It's vibrating with mystical energy. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it's got some kind of vague lines around it. And then it has equals, and then what looks like Christmas, effectively. because It's, it's a, a bauble. It's a bauble. It's got stars and planets and things on it, but it looks like a bauble you would hang from a Christmas tree. There's a question mark over the equals sign, and then beneath it, it does say... 31 oct equals 25 deck. Mm. As in Halloween, pumpkin, 31 oct equals Christmas, bauble, 25 deck. Yeah. And in what historical era was this equation proved? What does this mean? I have no idea. Unless it's like, oh, before we had the Julio... Claudian or the Gregorian calendar, when we use the old calendars, that used to be that, that, that Halloween and December were the same day. <laughs> but that doesn't feel right. Yeah, I am baffled enough by this. I've got to look it up to see where they're coming from. While Danny's looking this up, I just... I, oof. Is it, is it ridiculous? Is it like, that's not a puzzle? What are you talking about? Or are we supposed to... Could I work, if I start getting real into this, could I work this out? You could work this out. Like, if I wrote down Halloween and then Christmas and then cross-reference the letters. No, in the question, in what historical era, that means nothing. It's just saying, hey, what's going on here? Okay, so we're just saying what's going on here. Yeah. Jack-o'-lantern equals bauble. Halloween equals Christmas. Are there specific words that I need here? No. Okay. The illustrations are just for illustrative purposes, in fact. So really what I want to know is that, the, is that Halloween equals Christmas. The, well, no. The 31 of October yes. equals the 25th of December. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, 3-1 could be B-A. B-A-Oct. Why would that be B-A? Sorry, C-A. <laughs> C-A-Oct equals B-E-Deck. Ka-Oct. Bedeck. The, 20, the 31st letter of October. No. Is it to do with they're the same day of the week? No. Cool, because that would be silly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have no idea. Now, I thought this episode was going to be easy and chill and relaxing. I just happened to open up to this one that completely threw me. The others, hoping they'll be easier. I have no idea if this book is even available to buy. It was We found it in a secondhand bookstore. I have no idea. I don't know, no contents of, no, no description of when the book was made, when it came out. It just goes, there's no, there's no like publisher information page. Wow. It just goes straight into it. It's by, it uh, must be though, because we saw two copies of it in the store. Yeah, that is true. Uh, it is by Fabrice Matza, Sylvain Lulia, and illustrations by Ivan Sig. I don't know why Fabrice Matza gets a bigger name than Sylvain Lulia, but they do. Mm-hmm. Unless that's what they are. I'm Fabrice Matza. I'm a Sylvain Lulia. I make pu- lules of puzzles in mm. Italian. But no idea. Would you like me to tell you about this? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, it's at the back. Oh, okay. Recent book. Oh, really? Published in 2008. Um, there you go. Lovely. So we'll see if we can find... Oh, copyright 2006. Yeah, maybe we'll see if we can find a link to it and put it in the show notes so mm. you can all buy a copy of this, of this fun book. Unless, of course, you hate the solution to this puzzle. I've, I've got no idea. What do I need to do? All right. The illustration, I would say, I would go so far as to say, is deceptive. Because it's not about Halloween. It's not about Christmas. Correct. It's about 30... Is, is, are these dates? No. They're not dates? No. Okay. 31 oct equals 25 dec. Oh, is it... 
about bases? Yep. Is 25 in base 10 the same as 31 in base yep. 8? Oh, I love that. Don't know why that's a historical error. No, I don't know why that... that's the question that I've got. In the answers, they explain it and they have said, in any error. Get out of here. Which seems rude. That's incredibly rude, but the puzzle was fun. Mm. All right, let's 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 just start at the start. Oh, the love potion one was the very first one. Okay. So we, I don't think we need to do that one. No, just, no, we know how to yeah, do that. You puzzle. pour things. You pour the things that you go into the things. You pour things into each other, The jug, there's three, there's five. You get a two and a one and a four, and it's a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Uh, the next one, the very second riddle, is one of these ones that you might see in a maths class that I hate. Because it explodes my brain until someone explains it. Then I go, okay, that makes perfect sense. And then a week later, it explodes my brain again. Okay, explode my brain and the brains of all of our listeners. If you're driving, pull over because your brain will explode and we we can't be held responsible for what happens after that. Water in the wine. You have two completely identical tankards. Okay. 150 mils of wine in one. 150 mils of water in the other. Sounds good to me. You take a spoonful of liquid from the water one and put it in the wine one. Then using the same spoon, you take a spoonful of the wine one and put it back into the water one. Is there more water in the wine or more wine in the water? This is one of those wild ones. And I feel like the answer is just the same. But let me, I'm going to draw some diagrams to help myself. You want the answer to be the same. Yeah, I think it's something silly like that. But let's think. I have 150 mils of water. You know what? I'm changing it up to make, my, to make it simple for myself. Nice numbers, 100. We've got 100 mils of water and 100 mils of wine. And let's say a teaspoon is, is 20 mils. Okay. It isn't. Let's make this up. Okay. So, and i got water on the left, wine on the right. What's the first teaspoon from? Water. So, I now have in the water 80, 80 mils water. of water. And in the wine, I have... 100 mils water and, 100, and, and 20 mils, sorry, 100 mils of wine, 20 mils of water. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I'm currently sitting at. So okay. as of now, there's a lot of, that's, that's, that's the sit, 80, 120, water and wine. All right. Then the next step is I take the same, a teaspoon of the other Yeah, thing. so you're now taking 20 mils which would presumably, I think 10 would have been easier for this than 20. Because 20 is now going to be, what, one-sixth of the first thing? Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, let's think. So now I've got 120 mils of a water-wine mix, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, yeah, I should have, I did this poorly. Mate, change it to 10 instead of 20. Okay. So 90 and 10. Dividing by 10 is easy. Yeah. So I've got 110 mils of water wine. I'm taking 20 out. 10. I'm taking 10 out. Yep. Which probably leaves me with, let's say, 91 mils of wine and one... Wait, why? Sorry. 101 mils of wine. Why? And nine mils of water. Oh, okay. Sure. And just explain that, because again, every step of this can be a brain breaker. So I'm assuming it's like... I've now got 110 mils all mixed together. So if I take 10 mils out of that, you could say I'm taking an equal amount of, like an equal like fraction of the water and the wine. So you would assume that it would divide up in the same way. Although nine mils and one mils isn't the same way, is it? That'd make more sense if I had 100 mils. So I've got that math You're wrong. taking one eleventh 
out, this is still going to be ugly, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, man. So Why wouldn't it be one eleventh of both of them? Yes, it should be. Oh, I hate this. Tell yeah, you what. This is just maths. It's just maths. This it's the same. Weird. It's the same in the end. That's it. It's a you puzzle. Reckon? It's the same. Seemed a little ugly there to end up being the same. But no, you're definitely right. They went with 80-20. 80-20 is easy because you end up with 100% on the other side. That makes more sense. I don't know if I... Wait, hold on. I don't know if I agree with their reasoning, but I'm trying to read it fast. So they're saying, let's say that... No, wait, they're saying at the end... Suppose that the first tankard at the end of the process contains 80% water and 20% wine, and they're working backwards. What an odd supposition. And they're saying, so where's the other 20% of water? It must be in the other tankard. Yeah, they're saying you don't need to work it out. They're just saying... That whatever is not in one of them must be in the other, so it I suppose so. balances. They have the same equal God amount damn to start it. with. I hate this. However I hate this wine, puzzle so much. If they end up with the same amount overall, whatever's missing from one must be in the other, and therefore vice versa. I don't know. I guess. It's a, one of those weird puzzles. It's deliberately I a puzzle because it's counterintuitive, but also logical. There you the go. idea of starting at the back is... Starting at the end is wild. I mean, oh, save them do all the stupid maths that I was trying to do. No, yeah, absolutely. I shouldn't um, have had any numbers at all. Should have just done it with X's and Y's. <laughs> oh. All right. Next one is a nice, easy one. Bicycle race. During a bicycle race, Roland overtakes the rider in second place, and then just as he's approaching the finish line, he's overtaken by two competitors. In what place does he finish? So he's in, he overtakes the rider in second place and then gets overtaken by two competitors. So when he overtakes the rider who is in second place, that puts him in second place. Mm-hmm. Not first place. Correct. He is now in second place, and then he is overtaken by two riders, putting him in fourth place. The answer is fourth place. Cool. And they were just trying to trick me by saying that when he overtakes whoever's in second, it puts him in first, hmm. is the trick, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's a pretty standard These are all trick. standard puzzles. We've seen, we've seen them all before, except I hadn't seen the Halloween Christmas one, which was fun. This one I feel like I can get a handle on. After this one, maybe I'll just start flicking to random pages. It takes Quasimodo the bell ringer at Notre Dame three seconds to ring four o'clock. How long will it take him to ring midday? So this is on the basis that it takes him three seconds to ring the bell four times. Yes. So you would assume, because he does that three times in a row, the reasonable answer would be nine seconds to ring for midday, right? Because he has to do the four o'clock ring three times, right, to get to 12 rings. But that, that's not a puzzle. Interesting. That's not what you would have thought? That's not, quite... Honestly, that's not what I would have thought at all. But uh, no, we're coming at it from very different ways. Because I'm saying he rings the bell. Sure. Dong, dong. So you're saying it takes him a bit under a second to do each well, bell ring? Yeah, it takes him three seconds to ring four times. If he's ringing 12 times, the, you would assume the answer is nine. But obviously you would assume that's not true because it's a puzzle, not a very, very simple addition My interpretation question. was a little different. Which was, well, how long does it take him to ring at once? No time at all. He just goes, dong, and it's done. Zero seconds. And it's the gap between bells that takes the three seconds, of which there would be three. That, to me, seems utterly insane. Really? It, you're saying, it, like, 
you start counting from when the first one has rung? Yeah, I mean, from when he has pulled a thing. Yes, that is the starting point. So you're saying point. the first one takes zero seconds. Yeah, but then to get from one to two takes one second. Because that's when the real gap between bell rings True, is. True, but imagine if he said, if someone said, how long does it take you to ring one o'clock? And he said, no time at all. What are you talking about? That doesn't take, it literally, I've never once spent you, any I mean, time ringing one o'clock. You on wouldn't time it. How long does it take you to turn on a light switch? Well, see, my, my question was going the other way and saying, well, how much of those three seconds is taken <laughs> up with him getting to the bell, <laughs> you know, realizing it's four o'clock, walking over to the bell? I don't, I think if you start counting from zero, then the, like, the concept that it literally takes no time, there is no time spent on ringing the bell for one o'clock. So he may as well not do it. I was, he didn't spend any time doing it, may as well not ring at all. I'm just saying, I was picturing it like distances <laughs> between fence posts. <laughs> What's wrong with puzzles? Why does everyone do puzzles? <laughs> Why do we know all these people in the puzzle world now? It's all, it's all silly. Well, let's take a look at the answer. The three seconds it takes to ring four o'clock correspond to the interval between each stroke, it's not ridiculous. the number of strokes. But this is based on the assumption that it literally <laughs> doesn't take him time to ring one o'clock, which is an insane thing to say. But the entire reason that you have to do it that way is because if it's not measuring the intervals, then why wouldn't it just be dung, 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 done? It because that's that not takes bell him four ringing. Seconds. That's not ringing a bell. It takes him four seconds to do all that. <laughs> what about that time when he's getting, when he's reaching up to the bell and getting ready to ring it and pulling it and it hasn't rung yet because he has to pull the bell? That, that's in, in nonsense time? The time doesn't happen? Mm, uh, yes. That's silly. <laughs> oh, I'm just that's saying, like when people are saying, I got it right. It's like saying like, oh, how much time does it take to write your name and starting from when the name's finished? Or starting from after you finish the first letter. Like, well, obviously the B is no time at all. I don't mean any time to write a B because that's not my name yet. In fact, I and L, those aren't my names either. The L, up until it gets to about there, that's not even a letter yet. So how long does it take me to write my name? Here I go. Done. That was it. It's I just not... finished the L. The rest of that wasn't my name yet. Why are we even, why are we even counting? Surely all the time leading up to the third bell stroke was not leading to him ringing four o'clock. He was still ringing three o'clock at the wrong time. And it wasn't until after the third bell rang. So really it takes him three seconds to ring the bell once to ring just before. It's a silly puzzle, everybody. And I'll not stand for it. I don't know what to tell you. I got it. <laughs> all right, I got to Breaking news, breaking news. Danny thinks she's figured out why we're dumb. Yeah, so several days later, after going through those puzzles, this Quasimodo bell ringing thing, it just occurred to me, while we were debating it out loud again, that it has nothing to do with the first bell. It's all about the final bell? Yeah, you do indeed have to ring the first bell and then wait for the first bell to be done. That's gap one. It's the last bell, where as soon as you've rung it, no more waiting required, you can walk away. Mm. That, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I still think he rang four bells. But get back to the episode. Bye. Okay, I'm back. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> If you didn't like that that puzzle, call in. We're taking calls now, live. This one comes with a hint. I don't want it to come with a hint. Then no, give me the hint. All right. You are in full control. Flick to a random one. I will. Square of matches. Four matches are arranged in the shape of a cross. Just a regular old plus sign. Okay. How can you make a square by only moving one match? I've already made a square. Look at the bases of the matches. Look at the negative space between those four matches. 
that are making a cross. I'm not going to move any matches. I've made the square. It's there in the negative space. No. No, that's the answer. I saw that picture. You didn't make negative space. Bill. I made the negative space. Nah. Okay, so i got to make a square by moving just one match. Can I use the match to move the other matches? Nope. Because I didn't move those, the match did. No, there's nothing weird in that way. Can I take the match? Break it? No. Oh, this is a good idea. I had a good idea. Oh, I'm sorry. You break, you snap the match in half, uh-huh. and then you place it at one end, halfway up one of the other matches, uh-huh. the other end, halfway up one of those matches, and you make a, a square there that's half the space, half the length of a match yeah. on each side. That's a perfect answer. I've solved it. I've given you two solutions so far to this puzzle that are as viable as the real solution. You know solution. how escape rooms work. No breaking. This isn't an escape room. It's a book of medieval puzzles. No breaking. Okay. How else would I make a square? Well, I can't. It can't be done. So... I take one match. No, that wouldn't work. Nah, can't be done. Would you like the clue? Yeah, sure. The word square has more than one meaning. No, it doesn't. Oh, I see. So you would take the match on the right Mm -hmm. and you put it vertically at the tip of the match on the left to make the big number four, which is two squared. That's exactly right. It is a square number. Yeah. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, my two solutions were better, but I'm no bell ring in Quasimodo. (laughs) I wonder how sciencey this one's going to get for the next puzzle. Magnetism. You have two iron cylinders. They are, I don't know why this is relevant yet, 15 centimetres in length and a base one centimetre diameter. They're strictly identical, with the sole difference being that one of the two is magnetised at both ends and the other isn't. You're in a closed room. Only furniture is a wooden table. You have no metallic objects apart from these cylinders. How can you tell which one is magnetised? Is this going to be something like you just put them on the table and the magnetic one's going to roll because the earth is a magnet? Is this something weird like that? Probably because like... I don't know the physics one that's, the that one that's well. Got, it's got a north and a south. It's probably going to point like a compass. Mm-hmm. Surely it's going to point like a compass of some, in some description. Yeah, this is just straight up You put them in water physics. so they're floating. I, I'm not aware will, of this And then it will turn to... You don't have any water, but it's getting like that. What? So let's just use one of them like a compass. You arrange them in a T-shape, if not, like one sitting on top of the other by the looks of it. If nothing happens, it means that the magnet is the bar that forms the horizontal one. If they're attracted or repelled, the magnet is the one that forms the vertical. It does not explain why. Wait, what? I don't get it. No. Let me have a look. That's all they've got. Oh, like a T, like one, so one's vertical. Sitting on top of the other. That's so strange. I wish they explained a little more about why that works. Yeah, they should explain a bit this more about like the science behind This seems like a very simple physics that. experiment that I have not seen before. Uh, every, this is what? So, so hold on. One cylinder is, is on its end, long, very hot, tall, and the other one is sitting horizontally across the top of it. And they're saying that if nothing happens, which one's the magnet? The horizontal one. Okay. Don't know why. No, sure. I have no idea why. Can you Google this? No. Why? I don't know how. Okay, I'll Google. Like, what am I? You give me the words. Two iron cylinders. Iron magnet T shape. Magnet T shape. No. 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 
No, we'll have to look at this up some other way, some other time. It's going to be too complicated to Google to do on in the middle of an episode. Man. But if the bottom one's magnetic, the top one will spin or move? Uh, so something will happen if they're attracted or repelled. That's so strange. I don't get it. No, that doesn't. I don't get it at all. <laughs> These are weird life skills. Is it just saying that the magnet would interact with iron in some form? Like non-magnetic iron? Because iron but... reacts to magnets, right? Then why... I mean, so it's saying you're basically isolating one of the cylinders. So you're saying on the top cylinder, the one that's horizontal, neither of its polarized ends are touching the other metal, right? So we know that for the top one, if it's got polarized ends or not, like there's not going to be a magnetic reaction at all because there's no magnets from that one that are touching definitely. The other one, it, you're touching one So the with answer is end. just make them touch each other. Yeah, the answer is just put one end to the other. That's it? And then if it's magnetic, you'll either repel or attract the other cylinder because it's iron and it reacts to magnets. And they just so, and put it to the middle of it because you so know the, the middle isn't going to be a magnet. So the real question that would have been helpful would have been to say, if you make the magnets touch, if you make these iron cylinders touch each other, they will react. But how are you going to tell which one is exactly. the cause? So you okay. make sure you touch one that could be magnetic, as in the end, to a part of the other one that definitely isn't magnetic. Okay. That being the center. That was. The mm. wildest way to explain this. Yeah. Make a T-shaped cylinder tower. Put them vertically. No. If you touch one end that could be magnetic, and if you know, therefore, if there is a magnetic reaction, the one that you're using the end of must be the magnet. Mm. And if there's no magnetic reaction, well, there would have been if something was a magnet, <laughs> so you know it must be the other one when See, you weren't using magnetic end. In escape that rooms. Is just, that is wild. In escape rooms, we have had... Plenty of occurrences that use magnets and especially things that are hidden magnets that you don't expect. I mm. love that. But the way that you solve that is always just, I don't know, touch stuff, poke stuff. And that's stuff, what they said here. And that's all it is. They just complicated it and turned it into a riddle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just because <laughs> iron is magnetic. I'm so... Don't worry about it, everybody. We're moving on. We're jumping one more puzzle, and I'm going to pick a page. I'm not looking. Oh, no, I'm on a page. Oh, okay. What, what's your you page? You can pick the next one. I'll pick the next page. My page is called The Sheep. An old shepherd says to his wife, When I die, I would like our oldest son to receive half of my sheep, our second son a third, oh and God. finally our youngest son a ninth. When he dies, the shepherd has 17 sheep. No matter how hard they think, the sons can't see how to respect their father's wishes unless they carve up the sheep. In the end, it's an old shepherd, a friend of their father, who finds a solution to the problem. What does he suggest? Well, now that your father's dead, he doesn't own any sheep, and so you all get nothing. <laughs> Half of the sheep he owns? Well, he's dead. He owns no sheep. Mm -hmm. The sheep all go to me, the old friend. I... See you later, kids. I would kind of assume that carving up the sheep would be the eventual goal. Yeah, you're going to eat them anyway, probably. All right, so what's the trick going to be here? I assumed it was going to be something like, oh, the second son is the youngest son, but with 17 sheep, I you don't see how we're doing it. anything. So what is a half and a third and a ninth? I'm sure we don't need to do sure that. that Maths a, hasn't that... been particularly helpful. Yeah. So a half. Let's put it out of 18. Yeah, okay, sure. Well, a half is nine out of 18. Mm -hmm. Plus a third is six. six out of 18. Plus a ninth is two, two out of 18. Which I believe adds up to 17. Which is 17 out of 18. Curious. So you just you just pretend you had eighteen sheep, 
Because the last one was going to go to nobody anyway. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? So that's 17 divisions yeah. of the group. So you just find one gets nine, one gets six, one gets two. That's a half. That Surely is a that's not what they third. expect, That is though. a ninth. That's... And then the last sheep was never meant to go to anyone. What goes to the wife, you fools? Yeah, I agree. But... And so just uh, he just won't take... Is that basically what they've done? Because that's 17 parts? The old shepherd lends the three sons a sheep... So then they can do the calculations and they and end up with he, 17 and, then and he, he takes, the takes sheep his back. own sheep back. What a good guy. Nice. What a nice guy. <laughs> so there you go. Now give him my sheep He back. didn't lose anything. He didn't lose anything. That's great. That's some sheep maths, everybody. That was okay. ridiculous. So why is it that that one we could do easily <laughs> compared <laughs> to the others? Because it proposed a question, which is, can you solve the puzzle of what he said? And when you do, it answers the, 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 <laughs> the puzzle. That's why. Because there was a puzzle in that one. Uh, yeah, that one felt like I was doing fun like, math. That's because that as one opposed to being us, that's that one Because that one gave us all the things that we needed to solve the puzzle, <laughs> as opposed to the one where it was like, you should assume that Quasimodo can ring one bell in zero <laughs> seconds. Why would I assume this? That's why. This one gave us the info. Mm. All right, I'll pick one. Yep. I'm not going to look. Don't go an... too late in the book because the answers all have a page each. Okay. They're very prettily decorated. Oh, really? So it's like the second half is all answers? More or less, I'd say, yeah. Well, then I'll go right here, Actually, right near the end. Oh, By boy. the end, I'm in the middle. All right, this one's called Forest Fire. It looks like it's got maths. Okay. So this might be suspicious. We've got a book of maths, everybody. Yeah. Of, of kind of Suspicious maths. Just suspicious maths. Louis IX, to date this, Louis IX's troops enter an immense 50-kilometer-long forest from the west and head east. Okay? You're with me so far. Back in Louis IX's time, people didn't use kilometers. <laughs> That's why this person is the murderer. I mean, I've I found it the, weird that Merlin was using his five-liter jug to make love potion. Yeah, come on. Use some period-appropriate measurements. How that many leagues did they That travel? would be ridiculous. I don't read the maths ones in Penguin Book of Puzzles because they're in old British units. Okay, so this army, 50 kilometer long forest, west to east, their maximum marching speed is 10 kilometers per hour. That day, the wind is blowing 80 kilometers per hour towards the east, the way that they're going. An hour later, enemy troops light a fire all along the western edge of the forest. The wind drives the fire eastwards at this 80 kilometers per hour. The king sees the fire will catch up with his troops before they have emerged from the forest. What does he do to save his men? Um, he cuts down trees so the fire doesn't spread. <laughs> just, just cuts down the forest. Yeah, he this... steps out of the forest to the side. He turns around and he, and he blows... As hard as you can to create a <laughs> counterwind to blow the fire back. So let's take a look at these numbers. They have presumably they're going at maximum speed. They have gone 10 kilometers by the time the fire starts. So the fire, the, the fire is going at 80 kilometers per hour. They're going at 10 kilometers an hour. All right. So they have a 10 kilometer head start. So let's say one more hour has passed. They will have been completely overtaken hour, already by the then. The fire will have dead. gone through the entire forest. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. You just wait it out. Fire will go past you. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to know about the numbers? Do we need to know about fire? Or do we need to know about this weirdly rectangular forest? Yeah, can they just get out of the forest but not through the forest? Can they just go to the nearest clearing? <laughs> 
I don't know what they're after from this. I'm going to take a look. And I'll see if it's something that we could conceivably get. Yeah, you tell me if it's gettable. This is the way, this is the way you solve puzzles, everybody. Danny is looking perplexed and curious. She furrows her brow as she looks at the answer. She seems somewhat impressed, but also bemused. Now her face looks sad and angry, <laughs> as if the puzzle is an insult to her I mean... and the way she thinks. But she laughs. She laughs as if the puzzle is, is making her feel silly. No. What is the puzzle solution? All right, so what were the things that you suggested? Okay, it was either they just leave, but they don't go through the, like, it's 50 kilometers long. How wide is it? Good question. The fire looks like from the illustration. It takes up all forest. Okay. Uh, the next was they just, they turn around and they just go out back the other way. Where the fire is? Yeah. Why not? Uh, the other one was they turn around and they blow and they make, they make the wind go the other way. Um, <laughs> 80 kilometer they winds. Did, they cut this down, is wild they, wind. They cut down the forest so the fire that's can't spread. That's closer to what they've gone with. They dig a big pit and they hide in it. No, that's further. They get up, out, they climb to the top of the forest and they jump over the fire. Also further. They build their own fire. Yeah. That would then spread right into them. What are you talking about? Why? No, they don't spread it behind them. Oh, they spread it in front of them. Yeah. And then they stand between the two fires. And Well, no, then they just walk. And I guess the assumption is, well, that back fire doesn't have anything to burn anymore. Yeah, true. But their front fire is in front it's of them. It's gone, apparently. Apparently it's gone through the forest and then vanished. <laughs> and, and nothing <laughs> remained on fire. Once it's through, yep. the forest is clear. So now can you reinterpret all my facial expressions? It's ridiculous. Imagine if someone's like, oh, there's a bushfire happening. Oh, don't worry. You just start your own bushfire, and then you follow that bushfire, and after a while, the fire, bushfire from behind you. Like, that's not backburning. That's not... That's, that's just ridiculous. Sure, you can fight fire with fire when you do early small fires to clear the underbrush so that the new fire doesn't spread as quickly, but that's not what's going on here. I agree. I would not have considered You don't just set this. the forest on fire to get yourself out of a forest fire. It's one of those weird ones where it's like, oh, no, you've just got to use the logic solution rather than any sort of mathsy solution. I'm just going, yeah, but that's not Yeah, logical. but you can't dig too far into logic in this. The king set his own army on fire. At that point, any new fire would just be more of the same. You just set lots of little fires on them until they become immune. <laughs> one more. Let's see if we can find one. And... Feel satisfied. All right, let's feel satisfied. Like I was happy with the sheep. I was happy with the with the October December. Yeah, that was fine. All right, I'm going to pick this one. I've just put my hand into a random page, and Danny will now find one of the two puzzles on that page and tell me which one. Ah, that one I know the answer to. So let's take a look at this other one first. Oh come on! All right, these are two classics. One of them is. Uh, always telling the truth and one always lying about two guards. <sighs> what would the other one say if I said that you suck? Yep. All right, so let's go with this one, which, again, it's a classic, but I like it better, which is there's an angry king. He's captured his opponent and says, don't worry, I'll give you a chance to be pardoned. I'm going to put a black marble and a white marble inside a helmet. Now, one of these marbles always tells the <laughs> truth. The, if you pull out the white one, you can go free. If you pull out the black one, I'll execute you. 
but a spy informs this prisoner that the king is cheating and there are only black marbles in there. Okay. So how does the prisoner get free? Okay, hold on. Let's think about this. What must he do to ensure his freedom while only drawing a single marble? He gets a piece of paper and he draws a white marble. And he says, look, I drew a white marble. You're going to let me free. Like that. With that kind of <laughs> annoying voice. So you don't know this one? You I don't sure know this you've one. Heard? Okay. I, maybe I've heard it before, mm. but I don't know it. So he's reaching sure, into sure. a helmet in which there are two marbles, but yep. they are both black marbles. Mm -hmm. The marbles... If he draws a black one, he'll be executed. Yep. I'm going to take a look at exactly how And he can only draw it. one, and he needs to be set free. Death mm -hmm. is the ultimate release. <laughs> and so he pulls the black one, he's set free through execution. Is that the answer? I'm going to tell you my version of the answer before I read theirs, just to see how closely they align. So I'm reaching... I'm... Can I draw the marble from somewhere else? No. You don't have another marble that you can cheat with. Do I have any white spray paint? Probably not. Can I smash can I smash the marble? Why? I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I mean, there is always a possibility that if you have a good enough reason, that could work. I mean, I feel like you just draw both marbles and you're like, what's up, King? What have you done? Come on, get out of here. These are both black. You cheated. Yeah, but now you've also cheated, so you both get to die. Good. At least I've taken him down with me. <laughs> uh, there's no way to draw a white marble from a cat with two black That's marbles absolutely in it. true. So I don't. I don't draw a marble. I draw a marble. On the, I've got it. Your smashing idea could potentially work. I dropped the helmet. Oh, black marbles came out. Hey, wait a minute here. What's going on here? <laughs> Uh, how much more of this do you want to do before I take I it out answer? and I and I close my hand over it and like I got the white one and when the king's like no you didn't I'm like how do you know and he'll say well show it to me I'm like no you know you show look the other one you can see that the other one in there, there is black there we go there we go I've got so, it so the other one's black so I must have the white one my solution is cool you pick up a marble and then oops clumsy you you trip and throw it into the moat <laughs> and then you say that's okay let's just look at which one's left yeah that's it. So let's take a look at exactly how it, they got rid of the it, marble. And then you say, look at the other marble. That'll prove that mine's white. <laughs> yep, they went with a different approach to the same solution. The prisoner just needs to take a random marble and swallow it without looking at it. <laughs> and, and then, then look at like, the one left. And then they go, look, see, the one left is black. You said there was one black, one white, and you're the king. You wouldn't lie to me, mm -hmm. so I must have the white one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. Swallowing it is not what I would have thought of. I can't believe I stumbled on that by just being a butthead. Oh, man. Yeah, okay, I like that one. That's satisfying. Yeah, that's, that's a strat. One of your classics. That's a real strat. That's, that is self-defense tips for anybody. If you're ever mm. being, if you're ever being uh, captured and ransomed and, and threatened with, uh, with execution, if you don't pull the right marble, just remember this trick. One simple trick. You keep yourself safe. You take that marble. The despotic king it. will have to stand by his word. Yeah, because what's he going to do? not stand by his word. Sure, he just broke his promise and made it a whole trick to trick you, but now you call him on it. He can't look like a mm -hmm. bad king in front of all of his servants. They'll all be like, what a merciful king. He allowed him the white marble. What a true leader, a great and powerful man. We should follow him forever. I won't support the civil war and his brother, whose claim to the throne is just le as legitimate as this king's. I won't do that because he's such a b beneficent king. A he what? Beneficent king. Yeah, I'm making up a word. Like, uh, I'm sure it's word benef beneficent, benef I beneficent, have... beneficent, beneficent, I don't like know. good. 
Benevolent? No, nah, beneficent. What? It's probably a word. You know what, sure. There's a uh, lot of words in English. Uh, you draw one for me because I've, like, even though I've been solving them as well and I haven't been looking too hard at the answers, I feel like by holding the book I've had the advantage. Beneficent. What Generous is beneficent? or doing good. A beneficent landowner resulting in good. A oh, beneficent democracy. I was not picturing it Beneficial, spelled like that. Yeah. Sort of. In my head, I was not picturing it spelled like that it, for some reason. It comes from the Latin. Beneficus, meaning favourable or generous, but also the Latin beneficere, do good. That's ridiculous, and I'm sure that's a lie that it comes from both. Yeah, probs. Um, but no, ah, yeah, for some reason I was picturing it spelled differently in my head, and that completely messed with my ability to see that as an option. Beneficent. Damn words. Beneficent. Trying to spell things in your brain. Beneficent. All right, I'm finding one more. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a puzzle to Danny now. That's the same page. Ugh. Old classic? No, one of those optical... There's an optical illusion in here. Oh. In the shadow of the tower. Strange phenomena occur in the shadow of the tower. What difference do you see between square A and square oh, B? No. And they've got one of those checkerboard grids. Yeah, And they put a shadow over it, it where the white checker and the black checker that is not in the shadow are going to yeah, technically be the same colour, even though your brain interprets one as white and one as black, because... It's a, you're trying to account for the shadow in your, in your mind's eye. Yep. It's a whole optical illusion. It's one of those ones where even though you know the solution, it's impossible to see. It's not impossible to see if, as you are doing right now, the way you're holding the book for me, the page is on a slight diagonal. Hold, look at it from a slanty diagonal. I'm going to look at this from a slanty diagonal. Now, I looked at it from the other slanty diagonal. Ooh, that's yeah. wild. If I have it here, yeah. impossible to see. If I twist the book like 45 degrees yeah, that way, that was how it's I now was looking at super it. obvious that they're the exact same uh -huh. colour. How funny. So you can mess with that optical illusion until you can see it. But we're not doing that one. Instead, we're doing this university uh, puzzle. Okay. It's called University. I went to university. At university, a professor poses a problem for the young scholars he is teaching. One, it is better than God. <sighs> Two, it is worse than the devil. Three, the poor have it. Four, the rich need it. Five, and if you eat it, you'll die. A classic puzzle that has been told for millions of years. You know this one, right? Yeah, it's a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, a couple of things. A couple of things are better than God. A couple of things are worse than the devil. Or have a couple of things. Yeah. The rich need eh, probably a couple of things. And yeah. if you eat only a couple of things, you'll die. Uh-huh. Because you need more than just a couple of things. Medicine. Medicine's pretty great and terrible if you eat it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a couple of things. Cool. Yeah. The answer is nothing, everybody. The classic answer is nothing. It's a classic little fun puzzle. We've done it. Uh, we've done it before. It's probably in a Nancy Drew somewhere. Mm. Um, it's one of those fun little puzzles. Classic puzzle. Again, just don't dig too deep into the logic of it. I mean, most of these puzzles Poor, have just, nothing and rich need it's nothing. It's so interesting making a puzzle book because it's right. Most of these puzzles are just puzzles that are in every other puzzle yeah. book. And it's just the, the 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 selling point of this one is it's the same puzzles you, you know and love, but we've given it a vaguely medieval theme. Yeah. Which it's is it's a idea. nice theme, but yeah, it's curious. You know, everybody, soon, in March, you'll all have an opportunity to make your own puzzles. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to mention this properly on our when our first episode, our first episode proper comes out. But hey, you just think about that. In <laughs> March, you'll all be making puzzles. Mm. Yeah, this is meaningless to you now, but it'll make sense <laughs> soon. How about this? ridiculous picture. I'm going to have you explain, describe a picture in a second to our right. audience at home because it's great. Um, 
Especially because you'll kind of have no idea. I'm going to try and have you guess what the picture is going to be. And then you can describe to the audience how sure. wrong you were. So the question is, it's called addition. And Helpful. it is, how can you make 1,000 from a sum containing only eights? So how do you make 1,000 from a sum containing only eights? You'd really assume that there'd be a bunch of eights and maybe the word sum. I don't know what illustration could possibly go with this. Well, why don't we take a second? You can solve the puzzle first. You got How do you make a thousand from a sum containing only eights? This one I've never heard before. It's a new puzzle to me. Presumably, a thousand is not divisible by eight. Can you turn the eights on their side to be infinities? Does that help? I mean, if it were me and like we're playing a bad version of the fours game, I'd do eight divided by eight. Oh, yeah, sure. And That's then one. I would do eight minus eight. That's zero. And then eight minus eight. Yep, that's And fair. then eight minus eight. Okay, I like that. That's a few sums. That's a reasonable solution. Let's check what the solution actually is on page 299, everybody. Oh, no, apparently it's just, you can just do it. Oh, just with maths? Eight plus eight plus eight plus 88 plus 888. Aww. So, yeah, you just got to figure it out. It's not Mine really, was better. Yeah, you know, yeah, yours is better. Eight plus eight plus eight plus 88 plus 888. Okay. So, yeah, there is some difficulty there. There you go. That's fine. Now. Now that you know the answer, you know the, the question, what is the picture? I, I don't... What? Take Why does it even have a picture? Take okay. a guess what the picture might be. It's a bunch of drunk knights sitting Ooh, around a table. No, what? no okay. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. There's only one creature okay. present. A weasel. Close enough. Why don't you describe it to the audience at home? Uh. <laughs> well... I said I pictured a bunch of eights, and I suppose there are a bunch of eights. Yeah, please tell, tell, try and give a detailed description of this picture. Okay, what we have here is clearly mammalian because it has hair. It also is an ungulate. It has two-toed hooves. Oh, no, wait. Ungulates are cloven uh, uh, It has cloven hooves. hooves. It's got two toe hooves. Four of them. It kind of looks like a pig. It has no neck. No neck. A long ear like a floppy dog, a drastic underbite, and the trunk of an elephant with a very short trunk, out of which is coming a giant snot bubble that says 1,000. And, and its fur. And its, its fur is covered, covered in, in eights. And it's got a kind of like a smug look. Oh, it, smug is exactly the it's word the I was going to say little... for it. You, okay, so it looks like... <laughs> It looks like, you know, when you, if you describe, you know, the day that you went to the zoo to see a tapir mm. and before that people told you what a tapir was and you pictured an animal in yeah. your head, this is the animal you picture. That's true. Oh, it's like a squat sort of pig thing with an elephant trunk. Great. I'm done. And then you get to a tapir and you're like, nah, that's not, that's not what it was. If anyone wants to try to draw this, we will tell you how close you have yeah, gotten. Yeah, you know what? We're not going to show you this picture in any form, but if you draw what you think we've described... We will rank them in terms of closeness somewhere. <laughs> Next episode, maybe. I don't know. Send us some pictures of this eight to a thousand snot bubble elephant pig with hair, a smug face, an underbite, and cloven hooves, and uh, we'll be ready to have a look. All right, are we done with this puzzle book today? <laughs> we just want to talk about this little puzzle book. One more. One more good puzzle. Oh, man. Surfs. A great lord is invited to visit his cousin, the Duke of Burgundy. 
Wanting to impress her guest, Lady Marguerite the Duchess declares, There are more than a hundred serfs working on my husband's lands. The young Udys, son of the Duke, retorts, Oh, not at all. I'm sure there are less than a hundred serfs. Blanche, the daughter of the Duke, adds, I am myself sure there is at least one. If only one of these statements is true, how many serfs work on the Duke of Burgundy's lands? More than a hundred, less than a hundred, at least one. But only one can be true? So let's, let's think, if there's more than a hundred, well, there is at least one. They have no serfs. Surely it has to be zero, right? They have zero serfs, which is less than a hundred. There are no workers. Yeah, sure. The only way that, that can be true. Because let's, let's have a look. If there are more than a hundred serfs, then two of them would be correct, at least one and yeah. more than a hundred. If there is some number less than a hundred, but still some, then two would be correct, at least one and less than a hundred. So it has to be zero, yeah. in which the only correct answer is less than a hundred. Cool. And How did they get that so wrong? That's pretty bad. These are the bad. worst lords ever. Bad but at liars. Least, but you know what? At least, right? These are terrible lords who don't care about their serfs, but at least they don't have any serfs. So they're not mistreating it's, anybody. It's not so much about the mistreating of serfs. It's the blatant lying. They are going to be gaslighting this dude. They have no serfs. They're serfless. Oh, I'm sorry. You just didn't see them all. Every single one of them. Just, they just walked past. There are a hundred of them, but they keep hiding whenever you turn around. Oh, there they are. They're right behind you. Oh, oh. They, they jump behind those barrels there. All oh, a hundred of the serfs. Sorry, my lord. This is ridiculous. That's really wild. Oh, their names? Why, of course, there's Gregory, Arthur, Gregory, John, Gregory, lots of Gregories. In fact, they're all Gregory. A hundred Gregories we have here. All right, last one, and I'm sure this one's going to be easy. I'm just really curious about the question that they've applied to it. So tell me if you can guess what the question is, which is also the title. Okay. Dame Bertha is 21 years older than her son. In six years, he will be five times younger than his mother. Uh, what do you think the question is? That's all the information. What do you think the question is? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me that information again. No. I don't want you to start working it out yet. Just... Dame Bertha is 21 years older than her son. In six years, he will be five times younger than his mother. Okay. The question is, how old is the mother? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish that it does not start with how. It starts with where, which is wild enough. What? Where are the father? Where is the father? Where is the father in this equation? What? Okay, so let's see if the math somehow reveals. I don't know. There, there clearly was no father. Okay, give me the wording one more time. Dame. Dame Bertha is 21 years older than her son. So B equals S plus 21. In six years, he will be five times younger than his mother. How do you be five times younger than someone? A fifth of the age? What? How yeah, can yeah, you be yeah. five times younger than a person is my thought. I, I think that that's what they mean. I think they mean one-fifth of their age. So we have B equals S plus 21, mm -hmm. and S plus 6 equals B over 5. Uh, B plus 6 over 5, surely. You're right. Cool. And where is the father in this equation? My only guess is that we work it out that the son is zero, so the father is in bed with her right now. Let's, let's find that's out. That's all I can get. I think get. you're right. I think you're going to be correct. <laughs> I think that's it. Well, let's have a quick check. 
Sure, sure. So B equals S plus 21. S plus 6 equals B plus 6 over 5. Cool, you might need to do some rearranging of that. Uh, do we want to... How do we want to... What do you want to sub in? Do you want to sub in... Oh, I wouldn't do any subbing nothing? in yet. I'd get rid of the fraction. Okay, so 5S plus 30 equals B plus 6. Cool. Right? So 5S plus... 24 equals hmm. S plus 21. Okay. So yeah. 4S is equal to... Wait, that makes... I'm very confused. Yeah, that looks like S is negative. I'm very confused. Maybe I've forgotten how to do maths. It's been a while. <laughs> no, keep going. Okay, sorry. So 5S... Plus 24 equals B, which means 5S plus 24 mm -hmm. is equal to S plus 21, mm -hmm. which means like... Keep going. Okay. So I take the S's to one side and I get 4S equals negative 3. Mm -hmm. So S is equal to negative 3 over 4. Mm -hmm. So they're not born yet, but she's still pregnant. Negative 3 over 4 of a year... Is uh, nine months exactly? So about to be considered a negative nine months the old. The answer they have gone with in large letters in is extremely close. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which I think is fabulous. I'm done. I'm going, <laughs> you guys. I'll see you next week. This is how maths makes funny. Bye, everybody. See you later. <laughs> have fun with your lives. I don't want to even talk to anybody. <laughs> Uh, this is a bonus episode. You know, it's not a yeah. If you come if you want to support the show, sign you up want to do more puzzles or provide your own puzzles, go on to our Discord because people are doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's great. I don't participate so much in the Discord, but occasionally Bill shows me a good puzzle that we found there, and damn, you guys are good. So there you are, everybody. Have fun. See you later. Next week there'll be something else that we don't know yet what it is, but it's gonna happen. And, uh, and then, then soon, it's a real episode again. And then I think it'll be... Is that true? Yeah. See you later. Have fun. Bye.